Hello there, and welcome to Casual Fridays by I Read Aloud. I am your host, Dada, and this podcast is part of my Read Aloud channel on YouTube, where I read fairy tales, short stories, children's stories, poetry, letters, and other excerpts. So if you like such content, make sure to subscribe. You'll find me on YouTube in the search box under at I Read Aloud. And you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and X also under at I Read Aloud. I also want to know that this podcast airs every Friday on the following platforms, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, RSS, and Spotify. Today's topic is on karma, and I have to first <laughs> make sure you know that I am no religious um reference and of course I cannot pretend to know all about karma and that topic however uh, I have noticed uh, lately that people refer to the word karma so lightly um, and I've discovered that it really does not ring true with the original uh, idea of karma And that's why I want to do this episode to highlight the differences uh, that the Western world has brought into the concept of karma and introduced kind of into the concept of karma. Uh, And of course, uh, I have to do that by comparing what the original thought of karma or the original concept of karma uh, is all about. So if you're interested in this general overview and in a comparison between uh, what karma originated and what it's all about and how it's viewed today in the Western world, this is the episode for you. I will first of all define karma and then I'm going to go through the uh, 12 laws of karma and the differences in each law and how it's uh, how it was originally intended and how it is viewed today in the western world karma originated in four major religions in india they are hinduism jainism buddhism and sikhism and these four religions uh, basically believe in reincarnation which, of course, is a concept that does not exist in the heavenly religions, such as Christianity, uh, Judaism, and Islam, of course. The word karma itself means act or action, and is based on the law of cause and effect mainly, which states that what you do in one life will have its effect on the next life. So our concept of, you know, uh, you get your karma in the same lifetime and you always like to, you know, say, oh, yes, like, for example, someone makes you upset. They'll get their karma. They'll they've got it coming. And if something bad happens to someone we don't like, we're like, yeah, they're getting their karma. So this is not actually accurate. The idea of karma has actually to do with birth and rebirth and death and rebirth. So the main concept of karma is that you accumulate good or bad karma through your actions throughout, you know, your life. And when it comes time for you to be reincarnated, then you are, in a way, your soul is evaluated and, you know, your karma and the karma you generated is taken into consideration. And then in the next lifetime, 
you would either be degraded into a non-human form. And it's very important because in the, in these religions, karma, uh, is only generated by humans. And humans are the only species on this planet that have free will. This is very important. So, if you have accumulated bad karma in your human life, then you will be degraded into a lesser form of life, such as an animal life. So you could reincarnate as a dog or a cat or an insect or whatever. And the idea is that you have to purge your bad karma and to release your bad karma in order to deserve to come into another human life in another lifetime. So as you see, the karma doesn't have to do with one lifetime. It's about, you know, what you do in one life and its effect on the next life and on the next life. And of course, if you have good karma in a human life with your free will, then you're elevated to a better kind of life where you would maybe live a life that is easier, uh, you know, where there is not much hardship, not much suffering. Uh, and so, you know, to be like your reward. And the idea that you continue this process of birth and rebirth and death and rebirth, which is known as the transmigration of souls, until you achieve moksha or liberation or release from that process by actually uh, cancelling out your karma, by, uh, by at one point reaching a stage where you uh, ne neither generate neither good nor bad karma which is very hard to do and very hard to happen because as we are living every day, we are generating karma, whether good or bad. It is not an easy thing to reach moksha. Now, how is this concept of karma being, you know, changed a bit or, or warped a bit by, by the Western civilization? And it's interesting before I get to that to say that, uh, you know, the... These four religions that originated in India actually uh, also permeated, uh, permeated through other um, uh, countries in Asia. So it's basically uh, more or less all of Asia that has uh, predominantly one of these religions. And, and interestingly enough, you have uh, a good um, percentage of Christians living in Asia. And there was a study done there about, you know, how many Christians believe in karma and in Asia. And basically, uh, it, turn, it turned out uh, that it was more than 50% of Christians who believe in karma. And now go to the Western world, uh, especially we don't watch out what the U.S. and Canada, and you will see that the concept of karma is... Uh, now, in the past maybe 10 or 20 years, it has really taken hold uh, as a concept. And, of course, there, you know, you have mainly Christians living in those areas, and uh, they also, a huge percentage of them believe in karma. And I find this interesting. How can you um, take a concept as a celestial religion that doesn't believe in, in, in reincarnation? How can you take a concept that is actually uh, existent upon the idea of reincarnation and death and rebirth uh, and, and incorporate in your culture? And this is what fascinates me the most about this topic. And I will tell you how... Uh, 
you know, this has kind of seeped in and in which concept. So what has happened in the West is that they look at karma as good or bad actions. They have simplified it in a way that its karma has become simply situations or interactions that help us navigate uh, ourselves to a better life, to a higher purpose. Actually, Tejal Patel, who is a meditation and mindfulness expert, says, karma is a philosophy of how to live our lives so we can truly become the best version of ourselves and live the most fulfilling life we desire. So, first of all, karma has become a philosophy. Second of all, it has become uh, a, a means to better yourself. So the whole concept of uh, good karma leading you to a better future life through reincarnation or the idea of bad karma uh, leading to a better future, a worse future life uh, in reincar through reincarnation, this has totally been uh, deleted from the concept of karma in the West. And karma has become simply a philosophy of how uh, you could become a better person and how you can learn from a bad experience to simply become a better person. Now I want to go through the 12 laws of karma and delineate how the idea of each law originated in, in India and how it is being perceived today in the West. And it's going to be an interesting exercise, so bear with me. The first law of karma is the law of cause and effect. And the idea, again, this is something which we've discussed a bit before, that whatever karma you accumulate in a life, you reap in a following life through reincarnation. And this is the idea, the, the original idea, uh, you know, of, of these four religions, which I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, originated in India. In the West, however, this concept of cause and effect ha is being seen as the concept of what you reap, you sow. So in this lifetime, you know, uh, you do something good, you reap something good. You do something bad, you reap something bad immediately. It's like an immediate cause and effect. And that's nothing to do with reincarnation. There's a lot of talk today about energy and about uh, how everything's energy around you, so the energy you put out, you get back. And so they are mixing, well, they, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, the Western, um, you know, uh, philosophers, if you will, the Western thinkers. Um, they are integrating, if you will, uh, the concept of energy, which also actually originates from Asia, uh, with the concept of karma. So a lot of mixing up is happening. And I know we understand why. I mean, how can you integrate, again, uh, the idea of reincarnation into, into Christianity, let's say, or Islam or Judaism? Uh, in a way, that's how you do it. And this is, this is what works. And that's why so many people who are in the West uh, also believe in karma. Anyway, moving on to the second law uh, of karma, the law of creation. So the law of creation originally uh, is basically based on the idea of free will in human beings. So because you are uh, a being uh, with free will and because you are the only being on earth with free will, you become kind of the co-creator 
of your life and basically you by creating your good karma or bad karma you are affecting the creation of your following life so if you are creating bad karma in this life it means that you're creating a worse life uh, a degraded life uh, in your future reincarnation and uh, or I should say future incarnation and if you are creating good karma in this lifetime then you are creating a better incarnation for yourself next time now the law of creation again has been uh you know oversimplified in the west and it has uh, basically become become the idea that you are the co-creator of your life and you create what you want in this lifetime based on your intentions and your actions and that's why you need to release uh, what we call in the West bad karma in this lifetime. Again, that's the main difference. Uh, the main difference is that in the West, you do everything in one lifetime, whereas the original idea of karma is about death and rebirth, yes, and reincarnation. So, uh, in order to, to make it the idea of the law of creation to fit into this one lifetime, we have, um, you know, uh, simplify it into the idea that, you know, you, you heal yourself, you let go of past traumas, you, you, you know, um, uh, create less karma for yourself, and then you are deserving of something better. And so the universe will reward you with something better, so to speak. And so you become the co-creator of this lifetime, and you're manipulating your whole existence and your whole um, you know, life uh, events uh, through your actions in this lifetime. Now, I'm not saying it's an, it's an ugly idea. It's a beautiful idea. And of course, I have to say that I'm also someone who has done a lot of healing because of past traumas and so on and so forth. And I cannot say that it's something that doesn't work or that's something that's, that is, uh, you know, uh, unworthy of being discussed. But I just, you know, uh, Want, want to make sure that uh, this is not karma as it was originally intended. That's all I want to say. So whatever I'm saying now is not uh, about, you know, um, putting down any thoughts that are uh, prevalent in the West, you know, uh, today about healing and about, you know, cleansing yourself and about living a better life. And it's all beautiful. I mean, I'm all for humans uh, bettering their lives. But, you know, again, it is not, uh, you know, the concept of karma that was originally intended. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, moving on to the third law of karma, it is the law of humility. The law of humility initially uh, is meant for you to live a humble life in a way that you accept uh, whatever comes your way, good or bad, um, with the idea that you're living out your karma from the previous life. So you know that if you are getting some bad karma in this life, it is because you've done something bad in your previous life and so you should be humble and you should you should live by the law of humility because you are purging with your humility the bad karma from from the previous life and 
Of course, uh, again, in the West, it has been changed into the idea of, um, for example, you don't do well at work, you blame your colleagues, uh, and you don't take uh, responsibility for your actions. And this is, of course, against the law of humility, because... Uh, According to the law of humility, you're supposed to be humble enough to accept uh, your reality and that your past actions have created this reality. And so, uh, and we're talking about past actions in this life uh, in the Western world. So I'm sure you've seen by now the trend that uh, in, in the original religions, um, the laws were based on uh, spans of lifetimes. Whereas in the Western world, uh, these laws have been uh, changed to accommodate one lifetime. Now, the law of growth originally has to do with trying to um, become the best version of yourself in this lifetime and growing into um, the best person you can be in this lifetime so that you can create the, the best karma, uh, you know, uh, the most uh, good karma you can in your life, so that in your future life, in your second incarnation, or the following incarnation, you could actually ascend and not degrade. The law of growth is also based on the idea of noticing or accepting what you cannot change. Um, so basically, you should, so it's like you see, the law of humility and the law of growth are kind of intertwined. Uh, so you have to know when, uh, you cannot change a circumstance, you should exercise the law of humility. When you feel that you can, uh, control the situation a bit more and that you can create positive growth in the situation, then you apply the law of growth and you know, you be, you become the better version of yourself, uh, and you create good karma, so that in the future life you could have a better life. In the West, of course, the law of growth um, is something that has to do with this current span of life, as we've discussed earlier. So basically, you simply have to uh, grow positively and, and you know, become the best version of yourself. And of course, you have to do that without hurting anybody, without controlling anybody. And of course, you have to also, you know, there's the idea that you have to accept some things that are out of your control and that uh, you should focus on yourself and not to control people around you and and things around you uh, you know in order to grow uh, positive positively and properly in this lifetime the fifth law is the law of responsibility the law of responsibility is basically uh, taking responsibility for your actions and acknowledging that whatever else you are living in whatever you know um, uh, life you've been given based on your previous uh, karmic life that you uh, that you uh, 
acknowledge that you're responsible for this state that you're in. So let's say if you arrive into a state, into, into a life where you have a lot of, you know, misery and suffering, you should take responsibility of it under the law of responsibility because you know that this is karma. You're paying the karma of the previous life where you probably hurt people and create lots of bad karma. At the same time, if you are living, you know, a life of prosperity and, uh, you know, ease, you also know that this is basically the result of good karma from, from previous life. And you own this responsibility and you make sure you kind of, um, keep that status quo and even elevate it through the law of growth so that you can even live a better life in the following life, in the following incarnation. And of course, in the West, we, because it's about like this current life, this one life that we have, um, then it becomes you are responsible for the choices you make and you are basically, um, you have to own what happens to you in life and that you cannot uh, blame others for where you are. You have to be responsible for your own actions. The sixth law is the law of connection. And this is a major, major law, of course, in the four, uh, you know, uh, religions that I mentioned, uh, because everything is interconnected. Uh, when you believe in reincarnation, you believe that um, all souls are interconnected and and each soul affects the other. And so when you acknowledge the law of connection, you are aware of your actions and how they affect other people. So your good actions will affect other well and your bad actions will affect others negatively. And this is the law of connection. And of course, this is, uh, I see this as you know, intertwined a bit with law of responsibility, where you also uh, need to be responsible for your actions so as not to hurt others through the law of connection. And the way it's been, um, this law of connection is being viewed in the West is basically that everything in your life is connected, including your past, present, and future, and who you are today is a result of your previous actions. So basically, the law of connection uh, has been oversimplified to only mean, uh, you know, cause and effect of your actions. Uh, so if you do good things, the connection is good, ultimately the result is good, and if you do bad things, the result is bad for your life. And I think it's really an oversimplification of the whole matter. Anyway, now the seventh law is the law of focus. Now I think this this is one of the laws that hasn't been warped much, which is great. <laughs> and it's basically uh, the idea that you should focus your attention, your energy on one thing at a time. Uh, if you disperse your focus onto several things, you may not achieve anything. And so if at one point, you know, you are focusing on, uh, you know, you, you want to succeed in at work. So you just, you know, put all your focus on success at work and you will achieve it. And then when you're done with that, you, you, you are like, okay, now I need to succeed in my family life. And so you focus on that and you succeed in your family life. 
The eighth law is the law of giving and hospitality. And this is also a law which, you know, cannot be uh, misinterpreted. It's something very straightforward. The idea is that you give um, as much as you can to others and you're hospitable to others. You open your home to people in need. And basically, of course, the idea is to generate good karma and to reap, you know, a, a better life in, in, in your next incarnation. And, of course, um, in the Western view of having all this in one lifetime, you reap what you sow in a sense that, you know, when you're giving to others, when you're hospitable, when you're kind, you also receive kindness, hospitality, and, you know, people uh, will also give back to you. The ninth law of karma is the law of here and now. So in the original, you know, under the original law of karma, uh, the law of here and now is um, simply about accepting where you are. I am here in this moment. I am living this situation. I accept it and I live it and I go through it and I move on. Um, and the idea of acceptance is also based on, uh, you know, bad karma or good karma from previous life. So when you accept your here and now, you, you embrace the present, so to speak, uh, you are accepting, you know, the result uh, of your previous karma, whether it's good or bad. And of course, in the West, there's a lot of talk now about being in the present moment. And it's all about, you know, um, erasing from your mind all negative thoughts and um, you know any any distracting thoughts and just you know concentrating on exactly the present moment and enjoying it as it is and it's a bit of a different concept of course from the law of here and now um, originally how it was originally you know um, devised and or, and you know seen but it's still fine. Uh, this is how it's viewed in the Western world. And the tenth law is the law of change. The law of change is huge. I see it um, in the, uh, under the law of karma because it allows you to change your karmic cycle. The law of change allows you the chance to um, to change the bad karma, if you've had bad karma, into better karma, into good karma. And if you look at it in comparison to the previous laws, okay, so let's say under uh, the law of humility where you accept your situation, under the law of um, responsibility where you take responsibility uh, for your actions, and the law of growth where, you know, you try and grow uh, whenever you can, when the situation allows. Um, here, the law of change, I, I see it as you know, topping it all and allowing you to, whenever there is a chance of changing your situation and you go ahead and you change uh, to the better, supposedly, so that, you know, you have better karma. Now, of course, the law of change can also uh, dictate going into negative karma. Because if you are unable to exercise the law of humility and acceptance and the law of um, responsibility and and growth, then you 
might change to the worse and you might create bad karma and so you would change your situation to the worse even you see and so the law of change can go both ways uh, in karma now of course in the west uh, the law of change is seen more as um breaking cycles uh, like in your life you Continue dating the same type of person until you realize it's not the person for you. It is not the right person for you. You're dating someone who's exactly like your father who was toxic to you. And then you break the cycle by, uh, you know, meeting someone and, and dating someone who is good for you, who is not toxic towards you, etc., etc. And so this is how the law of change is viewed uh, mainly in the Western world today. So you basically, uh, this law of change in the West is an idea that you have a chance at a new path that you can create, a new future, a better future, a better version of yourself, uh, free from previous patterns. The 11th law of karma is the law of patience and reward. And it's the idea, of course, in the original uh, religions, that you flow you accept uh, things as they are you pay you are patient and you wait until you you see a moment where you know you can do good you do the good you create good karma and uh, you well the patience here is basically about your your whole lifetime because you have to spend a whole lifetime creating good karma and your reward would be in the next life when you are upgraded instead of downgraded. And so you live a life of more ease, a life with less suffering, and so on and so forth. And so the law of patience and reward, again, is interconnected into uh, reincarnation. And that you don't get an immediate reward. Because in the West, we see it as, you know, we are patient, we're consistent, we, we do things, we persevere, and we're rewarded at some point in this lifetime almost immediately. Uh, if not immediately, I mean, immediately by human terms. I mean, uh, it could take two, three years or ten years, but, you know, and, uh, by the law of the universe, it's nothing. You know, it's almost immediate uh, in, in that sense. So it's, you see the difference between how the West views uh, patience and reward and how, you know, uh, the original idea of patience and reward is. And the twelfth law is the law of significance and inspiration. So the law of significance and inspiration allows you to impact people around you. And especially with the law of connection, uh, you can see how important this is. If everything is interconnected, uh, then, you know, by you becoming significant and inspirational to others, can create such good karma, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. And this, in a way, creates huge good karma and would have a huge effect on your following incarnation. And of course, um, in the West, again, because we're talking about like the span of one life, um, 
we of course the concept of your contribution could affect the world and uh, you know it's 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 there but uh, it's more about you know you're born with a gift or a mission a certain purpose you are a unique individual and you need to you know share your skills and your gifts in this uh, current lifetime and that is why you exist on this earth so again, you know, you see the delineation between uh, the two concepts of this law, the two interpretations of this law. So ultimately, these 12 laws of karma um, are kind of like a roadmap that help uh, people navigate uh, through life, whether it is, you know, uh, according to the original uh, Indian thoughts um, of karma, or, you know, according to the Western, um, you know, delineation of what uh, what karma is about and how it can be actually reaped uh, in one lifetime. I was listening to um, a Shaolin monk, Xiang Ji, the other day, and this is a quote I will end this episode with. He said, you cannot plant an apple tree and get oranges. There is no coincidence in life. What you plant in the past, you reap in the future. So basically, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And so with this thought, I end this episode. Next week's topic shall be on marriage. I hope you'll tune in then. For now, I wish you a lovely weekend and I send you all my love. Till next Friday.